Welcome back, Dodecadorks. We're the 12 sided guys. We have Scott playing Ornan. At your service. Sabrina playing Sylvie. Oh, hello. Jordan playing Mogram. You're most welcome. Matt playing Guy. That is my name. Don't wear it out. And me, Paul, playing kitten game on Roblox. Give me just a second. <laughs> Gotta make my kitten jump on this bouncy house and then off to the dance party. There, now I'm done. Check out your neighbor's potatoes, our show where we discussed a previous episode or two. It's Tatertastic. Is that what is that is that what, what we're saying? I, I I don't remember what Jordan said. I don't said think anyone's for, ever said that. Ever. I think Jordan said Spudtastic. Yeah, Jordan said think, Spudtastic, and I said Tatertastic because I couldn't remember what Jordan said. Spectacular. <laughs> also, char- character sheets are up, so you can see the level five character sheets for our main characters as well as for the B side. Anyway, if you're fine with any team name, as long as it's not as lame as White Dingo, Green Echidna, Yellow Quokka, and Red Possum, then this podcast is for you. It's Chorus of the Forsaken, episode 23. I, I know those names. Why do I know those names? What? I, don't I don't think anybody knows these names except for potentially Matt. Does anybody remember a time long ago where Sega was more than just a video game company? They made the consoles, yeah. Yes. Does anybody remember the Dreamcast? Oh, oh my goodness. Sega yes. Dreamcast. Yeah. Power Stone and Crazy Taxi. <laughs> Crazy Taxi. Um, no, I bought a Dreamcast after they had announced they were going to stop production. So I bought it for like 40 bucks. And there was a game I really wanted to play. And I did play it. And Matt, the reason why you know it is because you played it as well. It is Gundam Side Story 0079 That's Rise right. from the Ashes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I gotta did play that them, game. Got to fight them. Was it Zeon? You got to fight those Zeon in Australia. Mm, yeah. All right, terrible names. Anyway, well, welcome back to Via Severia. And thanks uh, for having us. <laughs> thanks. I'm glad I I welcome. <laughs> and welcome I made to lemonade. The, and welcome to the city. That's not lemonade. Magra made the lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. Oh, geez. Oh god. Well, <laughs> welcome back to the city of Redlam. The last time we were together. Our heroes, the as-yet-to-be-named party, uh, went through the base of the Ravenstone clan. They pilfered the goods from the bodies of Calum, Kestrel... The Darren. (laughs) (laughs) They found a couple of things that were of note. They found a key, as well as another key that looked like a boot on the end of it. They also found what looks like after... Magrim waved his magic wand around uh, a magical sword as well as some magical boots. The party decided to investigate more of the Ravenstone clan. They opened almost every single door, um, including a secret hidden door. But one of the doors actually in the dungeon area of the Ravenstone clan was hiding a lizard folk fella um, by the name of Balo Thurp. He had green scales. He was dressed in a shirt and breeches. He had been locked up. When you guys let him go, he just said, thank you, I owe you, and then walked out, and you watched him leave. He was the coolest dude we ever met. 
I believe people fell in love with him. Like, yeah. like yes. you know, I mean, once you see his token, you're like, yeah, I could see why people would fall in love with this guy. That's Guy's next conquest. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, Sorry, in the Raven. In the ra- <laughs> It's fine. I accept this. I don't want to negatively impact our status as BFFs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, in the Ravenstone clan, Guy uh, noticed some markings. Some thieves' cant uh, that is used by the seedy underbelly of Redlam had marked different passages and different uh, different rooms, and they found a passage that was marked with marks that led to a secret tunnel. And they actually were able to open the door and look inside and say, well, okay, I guess we're done in here. And they went and told Gardenia, trying to get their reward. So, And this time she listened. (laughs) This time she listened. (laughs) Um, After speaking with Gardenia and her captain and um, arranging for uh, word to go to the castle for the reward for Kestrel and Calum, our heroes uh, left the high ward. And suddenly, Guy was aware that Pranciful, his snuggle dog slash familiar, had been dispelled. Uh, quickly writing a note to Dilar to find out what had happened, Dilar informed the, the party that he was not able to keep the dog where he was going, and he was excited that he was going to be leaving on a ship. As the party left uh, the constabulary, they saw a procession leaving the castle, and I think it dawned on quite a few of them that today is the day that Baron Thorn Darkheart the most metal character in the whole campaign who has not said a word yet. He doesn't have to, man. With a name <laughs> like Baron Thorn Darkheart, says it all. He lets his, he lets his bass guitar do the talking for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this procession was heading down towards the docks in the lake, uh, beginning their trip to the Baron's meeting uh, in Myrlov with the king. And there amongst the group, they saw Dilar dressed as a page. Um, after they watched the ship get loaded and Dilar get on the ship, they noticed as well that there was a statue, uh, a similar statue to one that they had seen before. It was a young woman, like in the act of almost dancing, it reminded them of the statue of Saskia, the last queen of Eclaria that they had fought down in the ruins uh, on the roadside on their way into Redlam. To be fair, we didn't fight her. We fought statues of her. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, You followed her gaze and realized that her eyes and the eyes of the statue of Saskia as an old woman intersected. You were able to triangulate the coordinates and discover in an alleyway. A Korok. (laughs) In an alley. (laughs) That's right. It was the bloodhound of math. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was it was the bloodhound. It was the bloodhound. It was uh, it was Sylvie the bloodhound. You found an alley with a grate leading underground, uh, and you saw some markings uh, on that grate that indicated that there was a tunnel down below. That there was unknown uh, danger down there, and that's where we stopped last time as our party was gazing at this grate, trying to decide when they should come back and start delving into the depths below the city of Redlow. Well, it says danger. Oh, great. Because it's great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so have you been waiting to say that since last time we played? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry, guys. Honestly, it's a commitment to the bit that you can only respect. It's true. <laughs> I really want to see what's down there, but I don't think we should go in when it's this bright out and anybody can see us. I, I certainly don't know if I'm up for a fight. Actually, Paul, what's the weather like? Is it bright or is it cloudy and rainy? It's cloudy. It's not rainy. But as you look up, it looks like it's going to start raining uh, probably in the, within the next hour or so, actually. Okay. Let's wait till everybody's asleep. 
I should take a little rest before we do that. I'm a little tapped out on uh, my resources. <laughs> on my, I on agree. My, <laughs> on my magic purple worms. <laughs> my magic purple worm giant, can also my, use a rest. <laughs> my giant purple worm is all tuckered out. <laughs> Awesome. So you guys are going to then uh, wait for a while. It's it's probably only about noon or so at this point. Oh, I got things I want to do. Okay. Hey, everybody. How would you like to meet the uh, the um, cl- clothing... What do you call a clothing seller? Taylor. I, uh, I have something to say to Taylor. Right. I do, too. I wa- Here's what I have to say to her. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to go see uh, Aliona and uh, ask her what's going on with Dilar being... With the Baron, surrounded by important people. Yeah, I, think that's I fair. wanna I wanna go up to her and say, Taylor, look what you made me do. <laughs> that was really bad, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, this sounds reasonable. <laughs> so that's where you guys are headed then to Silverhand Lane and to the uh, uh Thistledown Threads, the store of Aliona. I might need a raincoat while we're there. Yes. Also, hey everybody. Again, we don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves. So while we're there, maybe I should do at least the initial conversation, especially if there's other people in the store. Just try to play it cool, okay? Nothing cooler than listening to you talk about potatoes, Gee. Oh, this conversation won't have anything to do with potatoes. When you're really angry, it's turnips and parsnips. (laughs) And other tubers. (laughs) Root vegetables. Wait, is that how you cast your spell? Do you say root vegetables? <laughs> it does sound like root. Not root. It's it's rupties. Vegetable root. Mm. I think this word is a little bit hard for Mogrim. It's 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 Google Translate Latin for burst or rupture. Still, I mean, nice. maybe missed opportunity to not call it root vegetable when you launch this. <laughs> you know what? That's true. That's true. I should have thought of that. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in you. All right. Well, very good. So you guys are heading down to Thistledown Threads. Um, uh, one thing that, Matt, you had mentioned about Guy, um, that you wanted to potentially re-summon Pranciful. You said that last time we played. Um, is that something yeah. you would do before you go, or is that something that you're going to wait and do later? I, well, I need to, like, put out candles and, like, draw with chalk on the ground and stuff. It's a whole ritual thing, so I'll do it back in the safety of our room. Okay, cool. All right, very good. Then you make your way northeast back into the high ward. It seems like you guys have been walking uh, clear across Redlam um, all day long. It's easy when it's not really us doing it. Yeah. I mean, you guys, <laughs> I mean, at this point, you guys have already walked probably five or six miles around Redlam, uh, back and forth and all around. To um, and fro all the live long day. <laughs> thank you, Tracy Morgan, as Tiger, Tiger Woods' Woods dad. dad. <laughs> All right, you approach uh, Thistledown Threads. Thistledown Threads is a very nice building. It's small uh, compared to the other buildings around it. This is the posh part of town. You can see that there are these large picture windows um, uh, on either side of a door, and there is a sign hanging from the front of the building. It has a needle and thread, and under uh, over the top it says Thistledown, and under, underneath it it says Threads. Um, you can actually see through the windows into uh, this like display um, where there are these mannequins that are wearing clothing that Eliona has been making. Very nice. You see that there is a replica of the yellow plague suit um, here <laughs> as well. It looks like maybe it's not a one-off. Maybe it's like a new fashion, Magram, just a heads up. Um, as you as you look through the windows, you actually see Eliona. Eliona is this uh, tabaxi, so she is uh, sort of 
a cat person. She has tan fur with some black markings, golden eyes. Uh, she is dressed very posh. She has like a high collar on her on her vest that she's wearing with a golden necklace on. You can see her moving about her shop. It uh, looks like she's not actively sewing or anything, but she's uh, just kind of organizing and straightening as you approach. And do we see anybody else in there? It does not look like there's anybody else in the shop currently. Um, you do see that she has like with her like on the back of her hand, she has that little like pillow that has needles in it, whatever that thing is called. A pin cushion? A pin. <laughs> yes, she has a pin cushion. So it looks like she might be in the act of uh, getting ready to make some clothing and get to work. But at this moment, she is just moving about in the uh, in the front of the store. All right, everyone, follow my lead. And I will head in to the store. Okay. As you open the door, there's a little bell and you hear Aliona say, oh, welcome to Thistledown. And then she turns around and sees you. She's like, oh, Welcome back. And then she looks um, over at Magram and Ornan and Sylvie as they enter, motions to the door with her with her nose. She's like, close it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for somebody else to yeah. click the door icon on Roll20. <laughs> yes. As the door closes, um, she kind of drops her um, facade. Not really facade. She, her shoulders slump a little bit. She's like, Guy, I did not expect to see you back here. She looks at the windows and she moves over to the windows real quick and she draws some curtains across them and then steps back over. She says, what? Is everything okay? What the hell? Uh, Sorry, I was going to do this in Thieves' Cant. Um, parsnips. (laughs) She responds with a hearty turnip. No, I saw the clothing that that I had donated to you on a page boy headed to Merlov in the company of the Baron. Yes, I, I did my best. She's, uh, she looks around. She's like, would you be more comfortable upstairs away from, away from the door in, in case somebody comes or we can discuss more freely? Yes. Okay. Uh, follow me. And she takes you through her shop, uh, through kind of the fitting room area. And then um, as she moves through the area where she actually like her actual sewing room, um, you can see she's got hangers full of clothing that she's already made. You can see bolts of cloth. And she moves through the room to the back of the of this house. Uh, you can see that there is a uh, like a locked door that leads behind the house. But she takes you up a staircase to a landing on the second floor. You can see that this is where her table and chairs are, where she it looks like she takes her meals here. It's got like a little balcony looking out uh, over the first floor uh, down here behind the house. And uh, she motions for you to sit. There's only two chairs. So she actually takes one chair and then she motions for whoever wants to sit to sit. Oh, yeah. Guy's not Guy's not going to he's going to stand. He's frustrated. Okay. Yeah, I think Mogram taking his cue from Guy is probably also going to stand. Same. Sylvie's going to stand behind Guy with her her arms crossed, looking tough with her foot out, kind of tapping it. Ornan will sit in the chair. Ooh, this is mighty comfy. <laughs> my, my feet don't touch the ground. How'd I know that was going to happen? <laughs> um, you can see that she's got like a little tea set here on the table and uh, it's not warm tea at this point, but um, she says, if you want some tea, I can make you some tea, but I don't think you're probably in the mood for tea. Um, yes. So as I explained to you before, Guy, uh, my normal contact, uh, my normal contact is dead. Um, she is a woman Jello by the name. Way. Yes. We know her. Yes. Okay. So you know that um, it's not necessarily safe to be uh, a practicer of the arcane here in the city of Redlam at this point in time. Right. We, we use the term Bahaftma. Okay. And that's why um, we delivered Young Dealer to you. Exactly. Exactly. 
And that is why I got him out of the city as best I could. So the connections that Jelowin has made, once Jelowin was burned, they feared that they would be next. Their normal modus operandi changed. They feared that it was just a matter of time before they were next to end up on a pyre. And so they left. And I don't know who the connection is in their real life. Um, I just know their name that they gave me. Squirrely Wigglebottoms. <laughs> I like that one. You should go with that one. You should go with that one. <laughs> I thought a lot about best names and that one was the best name. <laughs> I don't think anyone could argue that. You know, Margaret, uh, you might have a future in choosing pseudonyms. <laughs> ah, yes. Everybody, when they look at me, they say, now that is a man who is actually named Squirrely Wigglebottoms. <laughs> Wait, was it Squirrely Wigglebottoms or Wiggly Squirrely Bottoms? <laughs> it's all the same, man. Either of those is totally reasonable. Magrum? Yes? Do you keep any catnip in all of those those bottles and bits and bobs you have in your stuff? Oh, uh, what? Yes, I... You see her ears twitch. <laughs> her ears start to twitch <laughs> as she's trying to remember the name. <laughs> hey, Magrum, I think you might have a chance with this one. If that's the Ooh. case. Uh, Mogram has not had a chance with anybody for decades. Or you could just become her dealer. (laughs) (laughs) So she just got done saying, I did not know what they were in their real life. I just had a name. The name was Earthen Crown. Earthen Crown. And this contact is with Dilar now. I don't know if they are with Dilar now. Um, I imagine so. But my contact with them is very, very minimal. I was lucky to have been able to make any contact with anyone because remember, this was, I am going secondhand off of what Jellowin told me. And we do appreciate you doing your best to find him a way out of the city. Where does one find this earthen crown? Earthen crown will find you. How do you let the earthen crown know that you want them to find you? Before, there was a way to leave a message for Earth and Crown, yes, indeed. But now I fear that all of those avenues have been cut. I can check in on Dila. Luckily, we can still keep in contact with him. I just fear that he's he's going somewhere we can't follow. He'll be in Mirlov. I've never been allowed in there. Not that I tried, but it was very clear that if I didn't have business official business in that city that I was not going to be allowed in there. And we sent him there by himself. He's not by himself. Well, you just said you're not sure the dude's with him. I don't know if Earthen Crown is with him, but I assure you he is not alone. The society that had been developed to help people like Dilar uh, was vast. It was many parts, many pieces, many people doing their little small part. Very compartmentalized. Yes. Earthen Crown is a go-between. But I assure you, Dilar is not alone. Dilar is probably as safe as he can be with the powers that he has. New plan, Sylvie. You and I will write to Dilar every night, and you'll help me dictate lessons to help him control his powers, okay? I mean, because we're both wizards. Yes. She goes, you're a wizard, Ari? <laughs> you're a wizard, 
Ilion, actually, when you say, because we're both wizards, Ilion says, I don't need to hear this. And she stands up. She's actually not wrong. We should we should take our leave. It doesn't seem like there's anything we can do here. I, we appreciate your, uh, well, actually, didn't somebody need a raincoat? <laughs> I'm looking for a raincoat if you've got one sized for me. I'm sure we can find something downstairs. But before you go, um, she looks at you, Sylvie, and she says, you're a wizard? Yes, uh, I, um, I, I'm a Pahoftma, if that's what you mean. It's not safe here in the city of Redlam. I feel I should help you in any way I can. Just, just, if nothing else, memory of Jellowin. There is, let me, let me find uh, the name. Bunt Chugly. <laughs> He's a classic Baldur's Gate character. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeve McDykel. I'm pretty sure this is where we finally Sleeve meet Sleeve McDykel. Uh, there is a man, uh, a halfling man, named Philibert Longriver. I would recommend that you meet him. Where can we Where can we find him? Philibert is a, a customs official at the docks, so um, he should be down there. Be wary of how you talk to him. However, if if you need to be kept safe here in the city... Um, the silent voice can help protect you. And Philibert is the only connection I have to the silent voice. That's that's very helpful. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I need you to know now that this is the last thing I do for, and she says this, not meaning to be rude, but she says, for your kind. I have to look out for myself and my business and my livelihood at this point. I hope you understand. We all understand. We've all had to turn away from certain things to keep ourselves safe. Now, let's go get you fitted for a raincoat. Yeah, it's looking like it'll be moist out there in a minute. <laughs> Is it a little moist in here already? Meow. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Is that catnip in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> oh, I dropped the catnip all over my body. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh god. Aliona. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Aliona leads you back downstairs um and she takes you back into the into the front room. Um she starts sizing you Ornan and uh how what kind of a, a jacket would you like? Um as far as raincoats and and things to keep the rain off. I mean there's like wool cloaks I guess. I was going to say shawls, but like a wool a wool cloak. Yeah, yeah, just like a nice big cloak. And what color would you like? Um, something, something green. Okay. Yeah, a nice big green wool cloak. It almost touches the ground as you wear it, but it is sized for a halfling, and it should keep you dry. And even if you do get wet, it'll keep you warm, because that's what wool does. This is perfect. How much do I owe you? She looks around. She says, consider it my last favor. And a promise that this is the last favor we do for each other. Well, if you need help, don't don't hesitate to reach out to us. I appreciate it. Um, thank you. <laughs> Is there anything else I can help you with? Or somebody jumping out the window? <laughs> <laughs> I was just seeing if you could click the windows. That's all. <laughs> you moved right through it. <laughs> you guys start jumping out the window. She's like, never come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, if you guys are done here, then Aliona um, thanks you for your patronage and uh, says, if you're ever in the need for, for more clothing or garments, then feel free to come back. Otherwise, 
Um, Stay away. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Otherwise, safe journeys. <laughs> and then you, unless somebody else wants to buy anything, you exit Thistledown Threads just as a drizzle starts to fall from the sky. Yeah, what convenient timing, Ornan. Yeah, it looked like it was going to rain, and the dungeon master said so, so I figured I'd buy a coat. <laughs> I kind of wish I had, like, a hood I could put over my helmet, because the, the ping, ping, ping is, uh... <laughs> the peen, peen, peen. <laughs> The ping, ping, ping of the rain on the helmet is loud. As you're literally walking away from somebody who could sell you a hood to wear over your helmet, you're like, well, I guess we're done here. I'm done with that lady. I noticed that Magrum has not left yet. <laughs> Magrum's still trying to put the moves on Aliona. So, uh... So I got this laser pointer. <laughs> Ooh, pretty kitty. That's so disturbing. All right, you guys are back out onto Silverhand Lane here in the High Court or High Quarter. Um, And at this point, it's probably at two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, we could always head back to the Dock District for the third time today. (laughs) Um. I I honestly, I would really like to talk to that. What was his name? Sorry, Philbert. 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 The the halfling man. I I would have. I would really like to speak with him and, and learn a little bit more about this group. I'm down for that. I think I, I want to meet back with the druids, but they said to give them a couple of days. So that was just yesterday. So we have time. And and honestly, I, we, I kind of want to warn the silent voice that even though the Ravenstone clan has been weakened, their leadership is dead they still might have people after them looking for bounties. The remnants of the clan. That is something to consider. All right. Well, you guys are now heading uh, back towards the dock district. Um, as you arrive at the docks, you can see that now, at this point, the um, the Baron's ship has set sail. You can see it out on the lake as it makes its turn to start heading south down the river. Um, but you can see that it has now set sail. It is no longer at the docks. And with it, you can, you're fairly certain, Dilar is along for the ride. As you uh, approach the docks, you can see that there are still guards kind of milling about. They're not um, nearly as high alert as they were when the when the Baron was here, um, but they are just making sure that there's uh, not any scuffles or fighting as uh, you see sailors moving around, people hauling in nets full of fish. You see people bringing boxes and crates in off of merchant ships uh, from downriver. Um, and, uh, yeah, you start moving about the docks. Uh, you can see there's these large cranes to bring stuff. I don't know if you remember, but I described how the docks are. It's like a tiered dock. You, you, uh, you, as you approach the lake, it's kind of set up on, um, on different tiers. So you go down a, a, some steps to a, a level that's kind of above the docks, and there's more steps leading down to the actual, like, wooden dock and pier. You can see there's these cranes that they use to bring like heavy cargo up off of the docks and onto some of these other tiers uh, so they can move it around the city even easier. And um, as you are walking around, uh, what exactly are you looking for? You see sailors and fishermen and all sorts of folk. On the way, can we have grabbed some like street cart food? Because it's, it's, it's been a long day already and it's like afternoon. Sure thing. You get some shawarma. Isn't that what's called? Shawarma? I do yeah. like shawarma. Mm-hmm. I prefer I prefer a donor kebab, but yeah. <laughs> All right, very good. Yeah, you are you are snacking on some food as you guys come walking up to the docks. 
Um, I'd say with passive perceptions, uh, if nobody else does, then uh, I'll describe to Mogram at least what he sees. Uh, you see some uh, very professional-looking sailors on some of these ships. You see some very rough-looking, uh, like merchant folk and uh, and fishermen moving around. You see like there's this one ship that has like a dragonborn on it who's bossing around a halfling, and then two random uh, people are just kind of moving boxes off the ship. You see that there are. Um, uh, some people kind of arguing with each other, not like going to fight, but like in a good natured, like not good natured is the wrong word too. You see two people that are in some sort of an argument, Just but it doesn't seem like old men. I feel like it's the old yeah. men is the vibe that you're looking for. Two old men being crotchety old men. <laughs> exactly. That's what you like, see. You see two, two old men, men arguing over a piece of like nothing. <laughs> yeah. You see one guy who's yelling at somebody else saying, Hey, this is where I park my boat. But uh, Magram, you do see that there is. Um, At one point you see um, coming down off of one of these piers uh, back towards the wharf, you see this halfling man. He is older. He's got silvery hair. Uh, It's kind of, it's not long like over the collar, but it's, it's kind of long and swept back. He's got protruding ears. He's got this thick white beard and mustache with kind of the mutton chops uh, sticking out um, and he's got wrinkles it looks like his skin is uh, kind of tanned and worn from being out in the sun all the, all day long he walks by a couple of sailors and talks to them for a second and then he starts moving down the docks I think that might be him it looks like he is some sort of customs official you even see that wait, the... wait, wait. is that the, is that the guy from psych the detective oh Lassiter Lassiter oh, oh my it looks like him kind of does that is not a Will Arnett situation. He vaguely looks like Lassiter. Yeah, he, from when he's zoomed out, he looks like what was it, King King Richard from Gallivant? Oh, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it's same, the same actor, guy, right? Same actor. Yeah, same yeah. actor. Yeah. Well, you see, so you see this. I mean, he's like not even three feet tall. He's like two foot ten. Um, but you see him walking along the docks, and you see people like deferring to him and moving out of the way. He doesn't seem like crotchety or anything, but they—he's—he's he's got this authority about him simply by the status that he holds with his with his position. Um, and he's moving from uh, peer to peer. Um, you can see him moving about, doing some work. And then uh, there's actually a little table, and it has like a ledger. You can see he goes and stands behind the table and starts making some notes in a book probably keeping track of the different shipments and things that have come in to the city uh, today. There's like a chest and he pulls out a key, opens it up and he takes a little sack of what must be money and tosses it in the chest, closes it up and locks it again. So he's also collecting like portage fees and things like that. Well, Sylvie, did you want to go talk to this man? Uh, Yeah, no, it looks like that might be him. Um, I don't know. Can we like just kind of casually go up and, and chat with him? I mean, it looks like, yeah, it looks like people are moving about, like, around him and stuff. Everyone kind of gives him a little bit of space. They don't get too close to his table unless they need to talk to him about something. Um, So right now, there's nobody there. Um, He's not, like, unapproachable. He's just working. I think Sylvie would kind of uh, say, Guy, do you have a way to uh, maybe translate that we'd like to chat with him about something, you know, (laughs) (laughs) potato-based? If he wouldn't recognize you, all you do is you go up to him and you say, Oh, Philibert, I haven't seen you in who knows when. I haven't seen you since the, the turnips have turned lost. No, just I say since know. who knows when. That'll <laughs> tell them that he shouldn't expect to know you, but that you do want to have a conversation with him. All right. Sylvia will very bravely go No up. turnips, no parsnips. That might set him off. <laughs> Rutabagas. 
That's that's a toss-up. Might scare him away. Uh, we don't use rutabagas anymore. It's a slur. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Oh, I love it. Uh, okay, well, Sylvie will kind of go up and... Um, I- excuse me. Uh, yes? He doesn't look up. He just keeps looking at writing in his book. Yes? What do you need? What was I supposed to say? You were supposed to use his name and say, I haven't seen you since who knows when. Who knows when? Oh, 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 Philbert. I, um, I haven't seen you since, uh, who, who knows when? (laughs) (laughs) He kind of looks over at you as he's writing in the book. You you can see that this guy is the, he's a, he's a pencil pusher. He has gotten to the point where he can write in his book and stay within the lines and the ledger uh, without even looking and write down everything he needs to while he looks over at you. And then you see off. squints at you. And then he puts the the uh, the quill away, waits for the ink to dry in his book, and then closes it up, turns back to you and says, well, I, I don't think I recognize you. Um, and the name's Philibert. There's an extra I in there. That seems unnecessarily <laughs> confusing, but all right, Mr. Philibert. Hey, I didn't name myself. That's my parents. You can blame them. <laughs> You know you can always name yourself. <laughs> Mr. Philbert, I'm I'm sure you and I have met uh, via a mutual acquaintance. Um, uh, her name is slipping my memory right now, but... But she used to sell potatoes. I was going to say, if I remember correctly, she did uh, outfit my friend's coat over here. He uh, glances over at uh, who you're motioning to. Um, I'm guessing it's... Uh, it's Ornan with his new uh, cloak on. Yeah. Hi! <laughs> um, I'm going to have him make a <laughs> perception check. Um, we'll see how awkward we can make this for you guys. Oh, natural 20! He looks over at Ornan and he, he says... He perceived the f*** out of me. He did. He, <laughs> he did. He did. He rolled a natural 20. He looks over, sees this very well-made woolen cloak, and turns back to you, Sylvie, and says... Why don't you head into town? There's a little cafe about a block away. Um, and uh, I will uh, come and speak with you there shortly once I get a break. That sounds wonderful. It was uh, so great to see you again. Philibert. Philibert. Philibertius. <laughs> What's the name of the cafe, Paul? <laughs> the Black Dog. Okay, I, I'll I will be there shortly, and then uh, he turns back to his work. Uh, you see, he t- looks over at another sailor. And he's like, "Hey, put that back there! I haven't looked at that one yet." And he goes and walks off to go and yell at a sailor. All right, I will return to the group and I will say, "Well, I I think that uh, he's going to meet us at a place called the Black Dog. It's a cafe in in town. Should only be a couple blocks away from here." We need to be very careful. This is the part of the interaction where we need escape plans. We need to be ready for an ambush. We need to be ready to be sold out. You would think that that is a possibility? Well, I I didn't say anything suspicious. It's always a possibility. You you were very suspicious. I mean, Sylvie, bless you for trying. You did a great job. (laughs) It was so casual. Everything about that was suspicious. And if he's worried or he thinks that we may have ill intent... Who, there's no telling what he might do or who he might send after us. I'm not saying that I think he is going to try to double-cross us. I'm just saying we need to be ready in case he does. 
This is how you stay safe in this line of work. I think I executed it perfectly, man. Okay. <laughs> Can't say anything about potatoes or turnips or anything. All right. Um, so are you guys going to go try to find this black dog cafe? Got a black dog, get a black coffee. Oh, yeah. Hey, Margaret, I think you really had a chance with that lady. Why don't you try to, you know, talk her up a little? Well, I think I will. I will give it a shot at some point, you know. Maybe I'll do a little bit of preening beforehand, and... That's true, we do kind of smell like sewer. Show her my collection of yarn. (laughs) (laughs) Yarn or urine? I'm sorry, I must have misheard you. (laughs) Ah, the joke's on you. It could be both. (laughs) It doesn't take you long before you find the Black Dog Cafe. It's less of a cafe and more of like a basement-level bar, actually. Um, When you walk in, it is a dark room there are booths set up around the room and they are all very private um as you walk in there's somebody at the at the front desk and they say would you like a booth and that's like that's pretty much all it is uh they show you to a booth as you sit and wait for um filibert to show up looking for exits i'm looking for i'm looking at everybody who's currently in here i'm seeing the menu who who looks like they can handle (laughs) themselves in a fight panicking about what I'm going to order. <laughs> Why don't you guys make investigation <laughs> Searching checks? Searching for the vegetarian option. <laughs> yeah, make, make, some, uh, make some investigation checks. Oh, hell yeah. Gee got a nat 20 for a 20. Ornan got a 6. Nat 1 for a 6 from Mugger. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and Sylvia got an 18. All right. So, Gee and Sylvia, as you guys are looking around, one thing you do notice about this place is that you can't see the other people. The way that the booths are set up, you can see like the edge of a leg sticking out from behind a booth or you can see like an arm on an armrest but it seems like every booth in here is angled away from all of the other booths um you also notice that you can hear the the hum of conversation but you can't actually make out anything being said at any of the tables even the table the booth like right on the other side of the divider from you Looking for exits, you notice that there is the entrance, um, which is uh, a door that is at the bottom of a small staircase that comes down from street level. There are a couple of those daylight windows that are uh, next to the door. Uh, And then the only other exit you can see um, is a uh, saloon-style type of door that leads into some kind of a kitchen area. Um, And it looks like there is also um, some sort of latrine back there as well. Okay, got to have the latrine. Okay, yes, got to have the latrine. How classy does the place look? Like, are people highfalutin? No, it's not highfalutin, but it's not run down either. It looks like people come here for privacy. It's also, there's that, it's it's all like dark wood. And like, you can smell like cigar and pipe smoke that has like bled into the timber around you. Um, It has just this very... um, it's like the owl bar up at Sundance, right? Where it's like, it smells like old leather and wood and the alcohol yes. or stuff that's soaked that's just permeated that wood for decades. Rich people smell. Yes, but it's also not like over the over the top priced, it doesn't seem like. Um, there is like a bar that you can order food from, but then there will be a server that comes around and asks if there's anything you guys would like to eat or to drink. Well, I just had a donut kebab, so maybe just spinach artichoke dip? <laughs> Ooh, I could eat that. We'll split it. We'll split an app. Yeah, maybe a latte, some mozzarella sticks. <laughs> what are we in high school? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a freckled lemonade, please. 
<laughs> I'll just have a water. I'm with them. <laughs> that was my high school experience because I didn't have any money. <laughs> okay, as you guys are sitting there waiting for some food and some drink to come, um, after about 10 minutes, your food is being set down on the table as Philibert comes walking in. Uh, he steps out kind of into the middle of the room, looks around, and then uh, kind of catches your guys' eye. He comes over to the booth, and how are you guys seated? I left an empty spot next to Sylvie. Margaret would probably just like sit up at the at the bar or something. Oh, away from everybody. Is the booth? Is it like a, a horseshoe around the table? Are we talking Danny's? No, or no, it's, talk- not, no it's, it's 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 just a simple table uh, with room for probably four people. You can pull up a chair on the end, but then you lose kind of your anonymity. So Margaret, you're up at the bar, and then um, Sylvie sitting next to Philibert as Ornan and Guy are sitting across from you guys. I'm just I'm sitting at this booth, looking over the table, and all I see at the tops of everybody else's head. <laughs> no, there are booster seats. I'm sitting in this one. <laughs> they have booster seats. They do and have it's booster quite seats. classy. There's another one top. It's embroidered. See? I'm quite comfortable as well. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, Philibert comes and he sits down and he sits down next to you, Sylvie, and he says, well, now, I uh, I don't reckon I recognize you, but you must recognize me. So um, he looks over at Ornan and he says, and I recognize the workmanship of Aliona, the finest tailor in town. So why don't you tell me uh, what it is that you need from me? Well, Aliona told us that you might have some information about the silent voice and then she kind of wants to see his reaction you know make a uh, make a perception check make it with advantage because you have two people there helping you out all right i'm not great at that but i got a 13 um he okay so with your 13 um he does not seem phased by the question um he actually just chewing on his lip and um assessing you he is kind of uh, appraising you he's like well what would you be wanting to learn about the silent voice? Why, why, why would you be interested in them? A bunch of criminals is what I hear. Well, first, it'd be a warning. We have it on good authority that even the Ravenstone clan, you're obviously familiar with them. Uh, um, of course. They're a yeah. pox on this town. Right. Well, they've recently suffered some losses as as far as what's going through the grapevine. He not says, no, sure. no, was, that was the damp dudes. Not, no, that was the damp dudes. <laughs> <laughs> when you said damp dudes, it kind of sounded like Seuss from Gravity Falls. It's exactly dudes. what it sounded like. Damp They're dudes. The damp, damp dudes. dudes. Yeah. Well, no, okay. it's, uh, that's the damp dudes. I mean, this is this is this is hot off the presses, fresh news. Um, but the Ravenstone clan as well has suffered some losses. But before that, they were very interested in collecting bounties on the members of Silent Voice. What? And how would you <laughs> be knowing what the uh, Ravenstone clan was up to? Because they tried to blackmail us and hire us to do the job. And wow, what would they have on you to blackmail you? Is this guy from Minnesota? This is so funny. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I've am i found an accent that I can kind of keep doing for at least it's one so episode. Good. So I'm not going to so stop. Good. I'm not going to stop. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to lie and I'm going to say, I slept with the wrong man's husband. Uh, make a deception check. Honestly, who hasn't done that before? Uh, <laughs> uh, I rolled a 14. 
I don't think okay. that was a lie, Gee. <laughs> you know what? It was sounded very convincing until Ornan said that. Um, so um, Philibert actually rolled a fourteen, and I guarantee you that his his insight is higher than just a, than than zero. Okay. Yeah. So he's like, hmm. Now let's uh, knock it off on the wrong foot. Okay. Uh, Sylvie you... will kind of step in and say, "We know fresh off the presses." what happened with the Ravenstone clan because we were there. Um, I can assure you that everything we say can be corroborated. Uh, but at this point, you kind of are just going to have to take our word for it at the moment. Well, I can show you the rings here. Oh, you pull out the signet rings of the Ravenstone clan. Yep, there's them. So you have two that have the uh, the two crows or the two ravens on it. And you have one that just has the one raven. Which one are you showing? Oh, just the 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 ones that they had that were paired. Oh, gotcha. Okay. He, uh, you set them on the table. He doesn't touch them. He kind of looks at them and he says, "Well, that is news indeed." I think I changed the accent. <laughs> well, that is <laughs> that right. is well, it. that is news indeed. Um. So, they were after members of the Silent Voice, specifically their leader. Yes. And you came to warn me because a certain seamstress said that I might know something. Well, we came to warn you and we had questions, but yes. Margaret, you're sitting at the bar. As this Uh is going on, uh, you, I don't know if you're, are you trying to hear what they say? If you are, I want you to make a perception check with a high difficulty. We're talking like a 22. There's something about the acoustics in this place that makes it very difficult to hear what's going on around you. Okay. Let me see. This is probably not going to be doable for me. Yeah, I got a nine. (laughs) I'm just sipping away at some drink. I love strawberry daiquiris. What's your passive perception? (laughs) It's 24. (laughs) As you are trying to listen in on what's going on, you can see some of the body language, but it's also kind of blocked from your view. So you start looking around the room. And um, as you are looking around the room, you see that there is a figure sitting at the bar. Is it Strider? It's not Strider. <laughs> you see... Ah, it's Satan! <laughs> like, Damn, he's way cool. Like four or five <laughs> stools down, you see that there is a man who is all by himself, but he also is, um, with your passive perception you can see that he is angling himself towards the table uh, that is going, that is having the meeting with Philibert. This man is a tiefling. He has red, ruddy skin. He's got these golden horns coming off his head. He's got short hair, um, and he's got green eyes, clean shaven. Um, You also notice that he has a sword at his waist. He may be wearing armor. It's hard to tell because he's dressed with like a cloak on, probably because of the cold weather and the rain. Uh, but um, you do notice the sword at his waist. And he is sitting there drinking something uh, that uh, is in a pewter mug. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that there's anything I can really do about that, but I think that just kind of puts me a little bit more on guard. Shoot him with a crossbow. <laughs> you did notice. <laughs> give him a kiss. Just give him a big old smooch. You you yeah. did notice him. Yeah, you did notice him. Um, so, uh, Philibert, um, back at the table, we have uh, uh, the conversation going on with Philibert. Philibert uh, says, well, this is news indeed. The Ravenstone clan has lost their crows. 
interesting. Well, I appreciate you letting me know that they were after the silent voice. Um, <laughs> tell me, uh, what do you know of the silent voice? Well, we were hoping you could fill us in some more or direct us to the correct person. Uh, why Why are you interested in the silent voice? Obviously, you're not interested in the bounty. I wouldn't think if you uh, are presenting me with the Ravenstone clan, unless... Unless it's a big double cross and you, uh, you're trying to get the bounty for yourselves. I guess, I guess that's a possibility. That would be quite elaborate. I can assure you that that is not the case. Yes, I know Dungeons and Dragons players, and plans like that never work out. <laughs> Ever. Uh, even the most basic plans don't even work out, so he glares at Ornan. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. This artichoke dip is delicious. <laughs> I can assure you that that is not our intention. Um... We are, uh, some of us are Pahoftmas, uh, myself included, and I would like to speak to the silent voice. He looks at you and he says, well, um, that's a big claim. Uh, what does that mean? Is there something? <laughs> no, no, he knows. doesn't know what that means. It's, a, it's in the lexicon, man. Yeah, but word travels it fast. It travels fast, dude. man. It's it's already here. It's it's one of those it's it's one of those things where you think you made it up, but you didn't actually make it up. You're like, wait, I thought that I made that Amazing. up a long time ago. When you but really you just did heard not. it somewhere Pahafma but is real. That you heard wait, Pahafma it. is real. Oh, my life is a lie. <laughs> you are uh you're Pahafma, okay. I I'm obliged to believe you, but I'm gonna need some kind of I can proof. show you my purple worm. Oh my god! <laughs> so we will kind of like gesture at the rings and say, I, "I think that these, well, they at least testify the fact that we can handle ourselves." And I think, um, I think that, that kind of indicates what we're capable of. He looks at you, Sylvan. He says, "I assure you, there's no safer place in Redlam to demonstrate your powers than this." tavern something about it he kind of starts looking around at the timbers and at the the uh the posts that hold up the hold up the ceiling he says something about it just um it just is it's safe it's protected it's it's quiet it's private sylvie will use her minor illusion to create a little uh just a little butt that farts in his face <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Just some flapping cheeks. That's amazing. Just, <laughs> just a little butt. Exactly. But it can only be visual. And then it'll have like little wind coming, like little wind draws. <laughs> I imagine the skin flaps like in an air tunnel or something, you know? <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That was really detailed. Wow. I especially liked the pimples. The gentleman asked for a demonstration. One of those popped as it was flapping. Oh, gross. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> it's the headphones, dude. Oh, my gosh. That's, oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, okay. So did you model that after one you've seen, or are you just making some assumptions there on anatomy? <laughs> She's just going to wink at Gee. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> She's not the only one. There's a few of us here that are, that can do some things as well. Well, what he does when you make the cheeks flap is he kind of he kind of snorts with laughter, and then he then he kind of does a little wave of his hands, and then you can smell the fart. Amazing! Oh he dear God! 
<laughs> okay, then what I'll do then is I will use a spell that I forgot I even had. I'm going to do my spectral hand and say, Spectris Manus. And uh, it's a teal, like, energy, chubby, masculine hand with, like, expensive rings and bracelets on it that just, like, waves in front of my face to, to waft the fart away. Oh, okay. Very cool. Um, he looks over at you, Ornan. Oh, I've got a good one, too. And Ornan um, taps the tips of his ears, and they shrink down. They're not so pointy anymore. And then he kind of ruffles his beard a little bit and, you know, is playing with his hair for a sec. And then suddenly he looks just like the halfling. Just like Philibert. Okay. Whoa. As he casts Disguise Self. Oh. I see a double. Oh, gee. There are two of us here. <laughs> I was so worried that you were going to reach out with your flaming skeletal hand. <laughs> oh, no. uh, he, he snorts with some laughter. He's like, oh, well, that's uh, you have to understand at this point in, uh, in time here in Redlam, uh, one can't be too careful. The fact that all three of you have displayed uh, some kind of power really actually puts my heart at ease. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the Aeonian uh, acolytes, the uh, Inquisitors, the Nevorians, they're calling themselves, who use powers that we use, but use them to battle against us. They use the powers they see as evil to fight evil itself. It's uh, it's kind of silly, but it's um, it's also very scary. It's perverse is what it is. It is. So you are wanting to meet the silent voice. Is that is that what this is about? Yes. Um, yes, we would like to meet the silent voice. And if you know anything about Jellowin and uh, what she was doing specifically here, uh, she was a friend of mine. And I, I would love to, to know more about what she was up to. When you mention Jellowin, you see him kind of shrink a little bit. The fart smell disappears and his shoulders slump. Um, he says, yeah, Jellowin, she was... Uh, she was actually she was one of us. She was part of our part of our council. Uh, we we used to number twelve, and now we're down to six. So, do you know of do you know of uh, where she was from? Uh, Jalowin. She came to us. She came to us about two years ago, which would be right about the time that you remember her leaving uh, your collective. Yeah, she kept talking about a group, uh, a group that was safe. But uh, once she saw what we were in for dealing with here in Redlam, she decided that uh, uh, maybe she could help out here before she moved on to do whatever it was she was doing. She kept trying to convince us to, to leave and go somewhere safer. But, I mean, we have families here. This is our home. It's hard to give up your home. It's hard to, it's hard to just throw that all away, even when your home has turned its back on you. This is your home. Are you too good for your home? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, Happy Gilmore. Just want to make sure I understand. You changed your verbiage a little. You're part of Silent Voice. Yes, I. When I once I knew you were all Pahoftmas, I, I felt safe to reveal myself. I am a member of Silent Voice. I am not the leader of Silent Voice, though. So if you're looking for that reward, uh, you're not going to get it. He says jovially. But I can introduce you to the other members of the Silent Voice if if this is something that you're looking to join and help our cause, I would be more than happy to introduce you to the other members. I don't know how long we're going to be here in town, but I'm I'm always happy to help someone in need. Well, we're in need, that's for sure. The uh, Church of Iona has been pressing harder and harder 
all over the city. It's been getting more and more dangerous, and especially with this Navorans running around, they actually... Uh, I've heard that some of them can detect magic. They have they have capacity to, to handle some of those spells. Suddenly he had a little lilt of Irish in him. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's drinking a Guinness. <laughs> there you go, I'll be honest, as far as helping, my expertise would be mostly in line with what apparently Jellowin was trying to get you to do. It's getting you out, getting you someplace safe, getting you on a path somewhere. I could get you to where Jellowin wanted you to go. I'm I'm from the same group. But it sounds like you don't want to leave. This is my home. I've been here my whole life. I've been able to hide what I can do my whole life. I've learned to be careful. I mean, the majority of what I do is illusion. And, uh, and you don't have children or, or family that you're worried about who have the same gift? Oh, mine's not a gift. Mine is something that I sought out and, and I, I actually worked very hard for this. Not like mine. I found a book and it was like, hey, you're a wizard. <laughs> Ari. He's like, and they're a wizard. <laughs> none of my, uh, none of my children or grandchildren have decided to follow in my path. And honestly, only two of my children actually know what I can do. I've hid it from, from most. And I'm glad I did, especially now. Damn, that's a lot of kids. If two of them know and you hid it from most. Most of my family. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. But I do have seven children. Oh, dear me. That's a lot. <laughs> I can introduce you to Silent Voice, but, uh, um, well, I tell you what, I can give you an address to come to, and then if the other members are satisfied with, uh, who you are and, and what you, uh, what you're about, then, then perhaps they'd meet with you as well. Does that, does that work for you? I mean, I don't think we have much of a choice, so, yeah. All right. And he pulls out a piece of paper and he pulls out um, a little uh, a little ink pen and pot and he starts writing down uh, the name of an address. One, two, three, totally real street. <laughs> um, actually, I did just go to Fantasy Name Generator for um, the street road name generator. Uh, there's, a, there's a house on Walnut Way and uh, it's over in the West Quarter, which you guys would know that the West Quarter is the lower income side of town. And of course, it's on the far side of town from where you're at. So why not walk across town again? <laughs> um, no, it says, uh, there's a house on Walnut Way. It's a large house. It actually used to be a manor house. It's uh, It's got that uh, kind of plaster stucco with some beams holding up the uh, holding up the second floor. Um, it's, it's the largest house over there, but it's pretty run down. Um, but if you go there, uh, you'll, you'll meet somebody uh, at the front either Winston or Zephyr or uh, maybe uh, it might be Lillian who's there at the time but um, mention that uh, that I sent you and then I'm sure that some of the other members of Silent Voice will want to meet you but uh, if it's Lillian she's a hard nut to crack but don't worry she doesn't have a very good sense of humor so I would I'd be careful with the joking around her she's uh, she's got an itchy trigger finger if you catch my meaning ooh Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> I might have an ointment for that. <laughs> you, you, uh, but I'm you, at the bar. I'm muttering this to myself at this point. You're at the bar staring at this tiefling dude who's staring at us. 
Yeah, uh, you, the tiefling uh, covers up the eczema on his arm. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I might. Oh my gosh! I, just to him. I have an ointment for that, but I just mouth it to him. Well, anyway, so Philibert says, "All right, I, I best be getting back to my work at the wharf." But uh, um, if you head over to Walnut Way, um, just mention my name, and you'll probably have to wait around for a bit as the rest of the members are gathered. But uh, but I'll I'll be there and. Um, I'll speak for you as to what I saw, uh, but uh, a word of advice around town, be careful. Keep that stuff to yourself. Gee, great advice. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome, as he stands up from the table, and uh, he drops a, he drops a couple coins on the like table. I still him and haven't dropped that yet. <laughs> and then he says, well, um, yeah, I'll see you around. And then he walks out. That man was very forthcoming with details. Yeah, I'm a little bit scared to just, like, casually waltz into this walnut way, but I, I do want to follow this lead. I understand if you guys are, are concerned, but I do want to check it out. Magram, as you are uh, watching, uh, you see Philibert get up and leave, and then um, about two or three minutes later, you see this tiefling man get up off the stool, and he leaves as well. Cool. Okay. I think I would then go back to the group and be like, I think that tiefling man was watching us. Do you think he was with Philibert, or do you think he was looking for Philibert? Um, that's a great question. My, I'm not sure. Should Maybe. we try to follow him if he just left? Yeah, can we do like an insight to see if he was like antsy? Yeah, did he seem shady or... Was he vibing on us? Okay, so what I'm going to have everyone do, Magram, you can make an insight check. Everybody else can make insight check with disadvantage. Uh, 12. Ornan got a 10. Sylvie got a 5. And Guy got a 7. Uh, but the only thing you guys gather is as you guys are talking, you are all fairly certain that, yes, this tiefling man was uh, here for you guys or for uh, Philibert. Uh, something about this meeting uh, that this tiefling man was uh, was watching. Should we go try to stop him? Maybe maybe just follow him. At this oh, point, it's well. been about a minute out of the black black dog. So it's probably a little too hard to pick up a trail at this point if it's been a full minute. Not for the bloodhound. If somebody's Ooh. got like a locate person spell. Honestly? Uh no, I don't. Ornan plays peekaboo with everyone at the party, and then <laughs> like as he opens his face, he's back to himself again. I was gonna say Magro comes in. I forgot Magro comes to sit at the table. I was like, oh, Philibert's still here. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are here at the black dog. If you guys want to stay here and eat some food as well, like like a meal if you want to, or or get some drinks, or what are you guys gonna do now oh, as Philibert has left? I'm so full. I mean, I would really love to rest at some point. Let's go back. Let's go back to the room. Did he say? Did he happen to say when we should stop by that place, or was it kind of like an open invitation? It, it seemed to be open, but he said he would eventually be there. But he also said he had to go back to the dock. So I'm assuming it's not like a time-sensitive situation. All right. He did say that if you were to go there and mention his name, you'd probably have to wait as the members were gathered. Um, but he would eventually eventually be there. Well, should we explore that great thing that we found? And then after we're done with there, and then head out to the Silent Voice? I agree. After we rest, perhaps, yes. I like that plan. If we want to call it an early night, we might be able to get there in the wee hours. I also need to spend about an hour and ten minutes to uh, bring Principal back from his... Wherever, he, wherever it is he goes. Did, did he die? 
It's the boy, kind of like Janet from The Good Place. Yes. Uh, not a robot. <laughs> Francival died a long time ago. This is a construct made to look like the old family dog. Oh. I honestly didn't remember that, but I'm glad that you told me. <laughs> um, okay, well, very good. Are you guys then going to head back to the Oaken Throne and get some rest? Get some drinks and some rest. Yeah. Get some dinner. Well, I just had some great artichoke dips. I don't know about dinner, but... Uh... There's always room for something vegetable-y. Like a pud. There's always room for a pud. Some custard. Uh, I didn't say there were custard. <laughs> I love Christy Donna so much. <laughs> I do too. They're so great. Uh, Scott and I went and saw them, and I have a I have a morning brown beanie, and every time I wear it, Camille's like, "You know what that is, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's coffee." You f- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right, you guys make your way back to the Oaken Throne. You guys can get some food. You guys can get some drinks. You guys can get some rest. Um, as you guys are moving about the city, the rain has started to come down um, heavier and heavier. Until now, it's big, fat drops. But it's not like the big, fat, slow drops. It's like it's like downpour. It's the kind of it's the kind of downpour where puddles form that um, go up over your boots. What is it you guys want to do? And like, how much rest do you want to take? Well, I don't need a full night. I could just take a sit down, maybe have a, a nice beer, and then I'll be ready. Yeah, like I said, I need to um, spend some time getting Francival back, and and then I think I would probably be okay to. But again, I I wouldn't. Honestly, I'm I'm a little worried at this point about going in that grate with all the rain. It might be flooded. I mean, I I'm a little bit sapped of some of my medical supplies. Uh, you could interpret that as meaning that I've used up many of my spell slots, but I still have a few components and supplies left. I also don't feel like we're really in much of a hurry. I mean, not that I want to wait things out, but uh, if Magrim also is feeling a little bit like their spell slots are feeling rough, uh, I don't see why we wouldn't just take a little bit of a longer rest. We could call it an early night and still get out in the dark to, to go see that. I'm just, I don't want to draw a bunch of attention to us when we pull up a storm drain and start crawling into the street. I agree. Well, then let's call it a night at, oh, nine o'clock. Everybody go get some sleep at nine o'clock. And we, that way we can be up and ready to go at, what time would that be? Five in the morning? No, nobody's up at five. A godly hour. Does everybody agree? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Honestly, that's, that's fine. Okay. You guys all go to sleep. You guys all get some rest. Oh, before we go to bed, though, I have some things I want to do. Okay, what do you want to do? We want to look at the magic items, too. Oh, yeah. Yes, we'll look at the magic items. I, I'm going to spend an hour resummoning Pranceville. Okay. And then I am going to attempt to write a message to Draven Hartwood, the name that I found in my book. Okay, and what is the message that you say to Draven Hartwood? New phone, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, are you there? I found your name in an interesting publication. I'll leave it at that. Okay, let me think on that for a second. Okay. Also, if you had the stuff, just uh, if you had the stuff for Sylvie about the book. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, um, you send that message to Draven Hartwood. The words that are written back say, interesting publication. 
nothing interesting about I write me. A slash S slash L. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, man. He says, interesting publication. Nothing interesting about me. Maybe you were reading about my family? Ooh. And that's where the message ends. I'll write back and I'll say, I honestly wasn't expecting a response, but I'm glad to hear from you. Who might your family be? You get a response back. It says, the Hartwoods, obviously. But somewhere down the line, we had a dash of Covington. I will stop writing. I don't know what to do with that information. Sylvie, you are looking through this book again. You've been looking through it for the last couple of nights, ever since you took it from the Druid's Sanctum in the uh, Shrine to Sylvanus. This book talks about the topography and the uh, flora, uh, and I guess the fauna as well, but mostly the plants and and the different um, natural features of this northern half of Via Severia. You said flora, fauna, and Meriwether. Flora, fauna, and Meriwether. Yes, yes. So as you are reading it, uh, a couple things jump out at you. Um, the Aleron Barony is called Aleron um, by name, but this book was written probably about 200 years ago. Um, so you would imagine that the kingdom of Eclaria bowed to Miraloth and became a barony before that. The book talks about Aleron. And it talks about excessive plant growth. It talks about how it seems like Aleron is a place that is just ripe with good soil because the pine trees grow faster here than anywhere else. It talks about the plants growing and spreading and how um, if you're not careful, they'll take over your whole yard. And then it talks about how as people move more towards urban centers, the lush greenery of the rest of the barony has really thrived remarkably so. Then it talks about the section on Pythrian Barony. Pythrian Barony is the barony just to the east of you. And it speaks uh, about how there's a lot of marshland in Pythria. Um, as the snow melt comes down off the mountains from the north, it pools in the barony in lots of different places. So there's a lot of marshland, a lot of swampy um, wetlands. Uh, there is a lot of talk about moss. There's a talk about decay. And certain plants and things that used to grow in Pythria are having a harder time growing. A lot of plant life is dying. And at some point as you're reading through, it starts talking about the history of Pythria in general, the uh, Pythrian barony. Think of this like the, uh, the swamps outside of Mordor. There are fields of battle from times in the past where the people of the Pythrian barony were, were, were battling against people from the other side of the mountains, probably the elven nation that is to the north, and that there are these fields just littered with the dead that were just left, right? There were too many people to bury, and, uh, but the, the swamp moved in and it overtook those burial grounds. Also, it makes mention at one point of just like in passing about how be careful of the dead lusting after life. But it almost says it kind of tongue in cheek or like, yeah, everybody knows that this is just how it is in Pythria. The next section talks about the Siren Valley. The Siren Valley is just to the south of you. It is a river valley through the mountains that separate the north and the south. Forested hills, green, verdant fields. It talks about fruit orchards. It talks about good soil for farming. 
And it also talks about ancient orchards that have been growing fruit for generations, being torn down and being replaced by fortifications and towers and uh, being replaced by castles and roads through the Syrian Valley, being widened as marching boots crush all underfoot. And then it talks about Varia. Varia is kind of the furthest east section of this northern part of Via Severia. And uh, it talks about the wind that comes whistling off the mountains. It talks about the rustling of leaves. It talks about how the constant winds, as they move through the tree branches and through the leaves, it sounds of laughter and it sounds of screaming and it sounds of weeping. It's this disturbing phenomenon that happens in the mountains. The wind sounds like human voice. Yes. That was a lot of information about the flora, uh, about the fauna. Um, there are bears. It talks about how animals are becoming not necessarily aggressive, but more uh, territorial, and that they are moving into areas that were once controlled by by civilization, but are no longer being controlled by civilization. In Pythria, it talks about the um, spread of carrion eaters and of alligators and other swampy uh, creatures moving in, but also things that survive off of decay and death are also uh, proliferating in Pythria. Uh, in the Syrian Valley, not much is said about animals except for hawks and eagles being trained for war and for hunting. And then in Varia, off to the east, it doesn't really talk much about the fauna at all. And then the Meriwether just gets grumpy and flies away. <laughs> ah, rumpf. Ah, rumpf. <laughs> anyway. Okay. <laughs> so that's what you gather from this book. Take of that what you will. Ornan and Magram, is there anything you guys want to do? We were looking at the magic items. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're going to spend some time with these magic items. All right. Who is taking which magic item? There is. There are three magic items. There is a, a key, there is boots, and there is a blade. Um, I might look at the boots, if that's okay. Sure thing. I've got the key figured out. I'm going to look at the blade. Okay. You've got the key figured <laughs> out. I'll just let you know there is more to the key than what you've already figured out. Yeah, yeah. I'll look at it later. Okay, so um, Magram, you spend some time with these boots. These boots are made of leather. As you uh, examine them, you even try them on. I mean, they are designed for, looks like a halfling, right? So these are going to be tiny little things. But as you go to put your boot, your foot in there, it grows to fit your foot. And um, after spending some time with them, you realize that these are boots of speed, which means that you can click your heels together, I think as a bonus action, and then that doubles your movement speed for 10 minutes. Oh, wow. You can turn it on and you can turn it off and you can use it for a total of 10 minutes until you finish a long rest. So the 10 minutes resets after a long rest. Interesting. You realize that must have been how Kestrel was able to move so quickly away from you guys, even with the uh, the hunger of Hadar or whatever you called that spell. Invoke the void. All right. The blade itself, I have to now go somewhere else. Which is a great book, by the way. The blade itself? Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Who wrote it? Is that Abercrombie guy? Abercrombie, yeah. Okay. Ornan, as you spend some time with this blade, this short sword, uh, we're going to call it Kestrel's Blade. This uh, It's a, a thin, elegant, plus one short sword. It has a simple black leather scabbard and handle, and it has a red pommel. When Kestrel's Blade reduces a creature to zero hit points, the wielder gains D6 plus one hit points. Not temporary. 
actual hit points as Kestrel's Blade draws the very life energy from the downed opponent. This also results in one failed death saving throw against creatures that make death saving throws. Damn. Whoa. Damn. So wow. it's a good thing that she was not using it against you. Wow. Yeah. If you take somebody down to zero, they automatically fail their first death saving throw. That's 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 a tempting weapon. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, that hit point stuff is... That's wild. Yeah, D6 plus one. And this does require attunement. Um, the boots of speed also require attunement. You guys wake up uh, from your rest. It's about five o'clock in the morning. You can hear the rain beating down on the roof. It's banging against the window here in this room. Uh, you rise from your beds, and uh, I guess it's now time to go and investigate that grate. Oh, great. Sounds great. <laughs> As you move down through the oaken throne, back to the uh, ground floor, and you head out into the street, pulling cloaks up over your heads, I want everyone to make a perception or insight check real quick as you move out into the streets, into the dark, into the rain. Guy got a 12. Ornan got a 19 uh, insight. Uh, Sylvie got a 19 perception. Jeez, I've been rolling like dynamite tonight, guys. Uh, Mogram got a 7. Maybe it's best you didn't try to flirt with Aleona today. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, as you uh, move towards that grate and pull up your hoods, you guys realize, I mean, you can still hear like the sounds of animals and uh, the kind of that uh, restlessness of the animals, but you all get this impression, except for Magram, and Guy probably doesn't either, uh, that the animals, the uh, tension, the ferocity, the fighting, the noise is lessened uh, over the last... Uh, over the last 24 hours compared to what it was before. I think that with insight scores uh, as high as they were uh, with uh, from Ornan and Opal Bleacher, that uh, you get the impression that it's probably because um, Jibjib has distanced themselves from the city of Redlow. Okay. And their presence is fading. So you move towards this grate and you spot this grate. You see this symbol of the downward facing dagger. You see the three lines meaning that you can descend and you see this shepherd's crook meaning question mark. What is down there? Let's try to pull it open. Ornan, you got, you got the muscles. I'll give it a pull. As you uh, bend down and start grabbing on the grate, go ahead and make an athletics check. Ornan got a 20 on athletics. Fantastic. Uh, even, I mean, even just with your one arm, you are able to pull this grate out. It is heavy. I mean, it's, this thing weighs probably 60 or 70 pounds. It is solid iron. And as you pull it up and slide it over, you can see that there is actually a ladder going down uh, into, uh, into the ground. Um, as you pull the grate off as well, you can see that water is rushing down into this storm drain uh, from all around. This grate has been set into a little depression here in the street, and the water has been pooling up and is draining into this hole uh, but it's still safe to go down there it's just it's going to be wet down there well in we go yeah i'm not too worried i have these gloves of swimming and climbing that i've got to use one time to climb up a statue <laughs> and i've got my fishing pole the fish command so i'm good to go <laughs> all right you guys descend down beneath uh, the street. Uh, Magnum, I imagine you will light up a torch of some kind because you're the only one who can't see. Yep. As you descend down this ladder, um, the, the rungs are slick, but you manage to keep your grip. Um, you descend down about 12 or 13 feet below the street level, um, and you step down onto these stones. You can see that um, just as in other places down here around the Ravenstone clan, 
there are these tunnels going off in different directions. There is a five-foot walkway on either side of these channels of fluid. Right now, the water is rushing. It is actually moving quite quickly. It still has that brownish tint to it. The poop and pee. The poop poop pee pee. Um, but a lot of the water has been... Um, a lot of the water is actually now the runoff from the street. Um, okay, so this is now acting as the storm drain and uh, and that system that gets water shunted away from the city. It's not doesn't take you very long, Gee, to find um, markings again. You imagine, uh, based on the statues and where they were looking, that where you want to be is basically right where you are at the bottom of the ladder, but there's nothing else around you. So with no insight check needed, you realize that maybe you need to go lower. So you start looking for more signs, more of these markings, and it doesn't take you long to find markings of three lines, meaning uh, uh, that there is a descent. And as you continue following these marks, you see marks going off in different directions, things like three triangles um, that you know means like a crown. Uh, you imagine that's the way towards the castle. Uh, you see other marks of like a stack of boxes, which means, oh, there's a safe house nearby. But you keep finding these three lines and you keep descending, but you're also kind of spiraling around as you um, as you follow the line of the shepherd's crook, the question mark, and the downward dagger, danger. Eventually, you think that you've made basically one complete circuit as you've descended and moved and descended and moved and you descend down this staircase and it opens into this uh, narrow hall. This is one of the first places that you've been where there's no actual water. There's still some water like running down, uh, like just rivulets of, of rainwater have made it all the way down here as like some of the channels up above have overflowed or the pipes that, that shunt water away from different areas of the city. They might be shunting water down lower. As you come down here, you can see that there is a, a, a long tunnel about five feet wide, about maybe eight feet tall. And the staircase comes down from the east and heads off towards the west. And as you move down this tunnel, you can see at the end of this hallway, it heads south and you can see through an open doorway, it opens into this large chamber. This chamber is easily a hundred feet by a hundred feet. You're standing on this raised area in this room. You're kind of in the north uh, west corner of this room and you can see that there are stairs that descend down um, into the water. It looks like below the water level. You can walk down here under uh, other circumstances but right now it's flooded. Um, you can see that on the far corner, on the um, southeast corner of this room there is another raised platform there is some stairs going back up but in the center of this room rising up out of the water there is a square platform that's about 30 feet by 30 feet there are stairs on all four sides that lead up to it and you can see that there is a large spiral staircase heading down into the earth surrounding this platform in the center of this room you can barely make out under the water at all four corners of this platform mosaics of a yellow and red sun on a field of white very similar to the mosaics that you saw in the roadside ruins uh, one last thing you do spot as well it looks like there is an old rowboat that is actually tied off here as you look at it and go to untie the rope or check the rope it starts to disintegrate in your hands the boat is currently floating but you don't know how seaworthy it is 
as you guys are standing here on this uh, platform looking out, you recognize those signs, those symbols, and Magram, with your passive perception and your torchlight, you can see reflecting on top of the water, you see the glisten of light um, on the water, and you see the water ripple and move. And it looks like something is moving under the water. Um, I'd probably say there's something in the water. Just as you say that, suddenly erupting out of the water, this giant green and blue snake rears up as it looks at you. This thing must be at least 30 feet long, row of sharp teeth, big orange eyes glaring at you. And that is where we are going to stop for tonight. Jeez. Wow. All right, you guys. It's a basilisk, Harry. That's a big floater. <laughs> the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, hey, thank you for playing. Um, and all you uh, who are listening, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you like what we're doing, then uh, go check out our Patreon. There's bonus content out there. You can come see these maps that we've been uh, playing on. You can uh, see some of the tokens for the different characters. If you want to see Philibert's uh, big mustache and mutton chops, uh, he's on there as well. Um, and don't forget... Uh, your neighbor's potatoes we might just be talking about what just happened here in the very near future and if you have a question for the potato sack throw it in yeah throw it in and until we get together next time we hope you have a great time